Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It is three o'clock in the morning. My hectic work schedule yet again forcing me into some crazy recording hours flying solo this week. Obviously, because who's going to be up at three o'clock in the morning to record with me? Uh, I am hoping tomorrow. I, I did not have time tomorrow to record an entire podcast, but hoping to find 10 minutes or so to have Josh on to break down the primetime games because both of our teams are playing. My Cowboys taking on the Colts, his Buccaneers taking on the Saints. So I am hoping to get him on for the end of the podcast, at least to break down those two games. But as of now, flying solo with you here, ready to give out some picks for week 13. Week 12 left a little bit to be desired as far as the schedule goes. Uh, The three best games I thought were on Thanksgiving. I thought we had a great slate on Thanksgiving and the Sunday games kind of left us wanting, but some of those games that we did not expect to be good matchups ended up being riveting games. We had two games decided by teams deciding to go for a two-point conversion to essentially win the game. The Jacksonville Jaguars pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence getting the job done down there. Of course, uh, Justin Tucker almost uh, made it off or not by making a 67-yard field goal that fell just short. Uh, The only human being in the world that could have even gotten that kick close. But I love the decision from the Jaguars there to go for two. Why not? Uh, You're Probably not going to make the playoffs at this point. There's such a long shot. The season has not gone the way that they thought it would, especially after uh, week three. They had that big win against the Chargers, and everyone thought, oh, man, here comes this Jags team. They're looking for something to build on. They were an underdog. I love the decision there to go for two. The Chargers also did it. I did not love the decision as much. Uh, Brandon Staley. It's kind of like, yeah, the broken clock's right twice a day. He's made decisions like that over and over again, and they generally don't work out. Uh, this time it finally did, so good for him. But I, I like the Jacksonville decision better um, just because they were underdogs. They weren't supposed to be there. You're stealing a win. The Chargers, you're you're favored in the game. You take that to overtime. You're the better team. I just thought it was a weird decision. But you, you can't knock it too much because they won the game, so good for them. Um, I might be a little bit salty because I was on the Chargers. Minus two and a half. Uh, my picks, seven and nine last week. So our second below 500 week of the season. We will look to get that back on track. Uh, a couple of other things that I wanted to touch on from week 12. Obviously, my Dallas Cowboys taking care of business on Thanksgiving. Uh, if you had money on them, however, they did get backdoor covered in that game. That missed field goal leading to the meaningless Giants touchdown. Uh, meaningless as far as the game goes, not meaningless if you had the Cowboys minus 10. Uh, The Bills and Lions played a great game on Thanksgiving as well. The Lions giving the Bills everything that they could handle and then some um, damn near pulling out that game. Josh Allen getting the job done there, but I have to say that he has not looked the same uh, since that elbow injury, and we'll touch on that when we break down a Thursday game, which is going to be the Bills taking on the Patriots. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I'm going to save some of this for when I talk to Josh at the end of the podcast, but some of the coaching decisions in that game were just absolutely atrocious. Everybody is going to talk about, obviously, not using timeouts at the end of the game, setting themselves up for the field goal. But the one that I thought was the worst was taking the delay a game from the 37-yard line on a fourth and two. You had the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Snap the ball there, pick up two yards, milk the clock, kick a field goal, win the game. They take the delay of game 
punt the ball into the end zone. So you gained 17 yards of field position and just a head-scratching decision there. Did not like the way that that game played out. Obviously, the Browns getting lucky on a 4th and 10 to even get that game into overtime. Tampa Bay should have won that game. Um, Like I said, we'll touch on that more with Josh later on in the podcast, but I know he's got to be worried um, about the once lofty prospects of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Even just last week, I was saying they could be a dark horse in the NFC, but they really just have to get some of these problems squared away because uh, they just do not look like a legitimate contender. But that's really all I have to say about week 12 for now. I do want to shout out Josh Jacobs, the 10th player in NFL history with over 300 scrimmage yards in a game. Um, The Raiders have to be kicking themselves, not picking up his fifth year option. He's going to break the bank somewhere next season. Uh, Good for him. He's having a great season. Might have a 2,000 yard season. So uh, be on the lookout for that. He's over 1,200 already leading the league. Thursday night football this week. One thing I did want to touch on before we dive into the game is that I love that both of these teams are on a full week's rest. Both played on Thanksgiving. They both get a full week of rest before playing on Thursday night football. It's not going to be that crapshoot that Thursday night football has been for most of the season. And it's such an easy fix. You could have every Thursday game have this. You could have every Thursday game be played by a team with full rest. And I've laid this out, I think, on the podcast before. So if you've heard me say this, I sound like a broken record. I apologize. It's such an easy fix. You add another buy for every team in the NFL season. So every team has two buys and they start in week two. And after that, only teams coming off a buy play on Thursday. You don't have to deal with any players playing on short rest. It's good for player safety. It's good for the league. They get Another Sunday of football, another Sunday of revenue, another Sunday of gambling, of fantasy, of all that. So it's more money in the league's pocket. It's good for player safety. There's not a loss here. So then all you would have to do, obviously you can't have a buy in week one. So you have that opening Thursday game. You add another game. So you have two Thursday games, week one. Week two, you take two of the teams that didn't play each other, that played on Thursday. They now play in the week two Thursday night matchup. Then after that, you add the double bye. They start in week two. Only teams off a bye play on Thursday for the rest of the season. It's such an easy fix. It helps everybody out. So it's it's so obvious they definitely won't do it. The NFL never goes for the easy fix. They always go for some off-the-wall, batshit crazy thing. But NFL, please, you don't even have to pay me. Just use my idea. This is a perfect fix for Thursday Night Football. But at least for this week, we get two teams on full rest, and it should be a good game. The Bills taking on the Patriots in Foxborough. The Patriots, a a four-and-a-half-point underdog. This one, the over-under, sitting at 43-and-a-half. And as I said uh, a little bit in the open, I touched on this. Josh Allen just has not looked the same since that elbow injury. Of course, the Bills blew out the Patriots in the playoffs last year in a game where Josh Allen might have played the greatest game of quarterback in NFL history. Just an absolutely perfect game. No punts, no field goals. They scored a touchdown every time they tried. Uh, The only drive they didn't score a touchdown on was when they were kneeing the ball out at the end of the game. Um, I don't think that this New England defense is going to allow that to happen, but I do think This New England defense is a little bit overrated. Number one, we've seen them struggle against mobile quarterbacks, particularly uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields just this season. And everyone is looking at their points per game allowed. And, oh, New England's 
sixth in the league in points per game. Their defense is good. Well, yeah, they allow 8.1 points per game in their wins. Let's take a look at the list of quarterbacks that they've played in their wins this year. Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson twice, and Sam Ellinger. But then you go to their losses. They're allowing 30 points per game in their losses. And who are the quarterbacks that they played? Aaron Rodgers, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, and Kirk Cousins. All those guys are average to good quarterbacks. None of them are as good as Josh Allen. I think the Bills are going to put up points in this game. But then you go to the other side, and the Bills have injuries on their defense, and they're sitting at fifth in points per game. But they've given up 30 points per game in their last three. Uh, We just saw Mac Jones. He's able to take advantage of a bad secondary. We saw him do it to the Minnesota Vikings, throwing for almost 400 yards in that game. So Mac Jones has not had the best season, but he's able to take advantage of bad secondary. So I'm actually going to be on the over for this game. I know a lot of people love pounding unders on Thursday night football, but remember these teams are not on short rest. So this is not going to be your typical Thursday game. I think this is going to more resemble a normal NFL game. And I think if this game was being played on a Sunday, you might see this total sitting more at 45, maybe 45 and a half. So I'm all over the over 43 and a half and I'm going to give out a double pick for this game I also like the bills minus four and a half so over 43 and a half bills minus four and a half my picks for Thursday night football that is going to move us on to the Sunday games and I am Bugs Bunny hearts in his eyes in love with this slate of games this week. Uh, Week 12, like I said earlier, left us wanting as far as good matchups. There is no shortage of good matchups on this slate. Um, We're going to start with the Titans taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 44-and-a-half. And I think this might be a bad matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles. You look at the Tennessee Titans. They have the second best run defense in the league, just allowing 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, You saw the Eagles offense just completely exploit that porous Packers run defense. They're not going to be able to do that to this Tennessee Titans defense. And then on the other side, the Eagles are 25th in the league, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. And obviously you have Derrick Henry coming to town. And we just saw this Eagles offense really struggle against a similar defense uh, in with the Indianapolis Colts. They have that stout defensive front. The Eagles were not able to run the ball in that game. It was all on Jalen Hurts. Now, granted, he got it done at the end of the game, but remember, they only won that game by a point and got pretty lucky doing so. So I think this is going to be a much closer game, and maybe Jalen Hurts does pull some magic yet again, and the Eagles win this game, but I think it might be just by three, maybe four points. So I'm going to grab the Titans plus five and a half. You're also really like the under in this game. Um, Like I said, both teams like to keep the ball on the ground. And I think the Titans are going to be able to do a pretty good job of bottling up the Eagles run game. So Titans plus five and a half under 44 and a half by plays for this one. That is going to move us on to yet another fantastic matchup. It is the Jets taking on the Vikings. And if I had said that before the season started, oh yeah, Jets-Vikings, one of the games that I'm really looking forward to. You would have looked at me like I was a madman. But this is a fantastic matchup. The Vikings, a three-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 45 and a half. And there is one matchup that my eyes, and I think everybody's eyes, are going to be on in this game. And that is Sauce Gardner 
going up against Justin Jefferson. Cannot wait to see this matchup. Sauce Garner is just a rookie. He might already be the best cover corner in the league. Going up against Justin Jefferson, over 1,200 yards already. He has half of the Vikings receiving yards on the season. There is no other player on the team even close to him. He's over 1,200 yards receiving on the year. I think the second place receiver uh, is Adam Thielen at around five something. He is this offense. Like I said, almost half of the Vikings pass offense is Justin Jefferson. And I think that bodes pretty poorly for the Vikings in this game. Sauce Garner, like I said, is a shutdown corner. And you look at the matchup that the Vikings just had against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, I don't think that this game is going to resemble that. The Jets are going to go out there and win 40-3. to But just like the Cowboys, they have that shutdown corner that they can shadow Justin Jefferson with like the Cowboys did with Trevon Diggs. And they have a really good pass rush. Uh, they're fifth in the league in sacks. So I think this is a pretty bad matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. You look at that Jets offense, too. They have found new life under Mike White. Their wide receivers are actually pretty good. Who knew? Led by the rookie Garrett Wilson. He looks like he is a legitimate number one. And this is a Viking secondary that gave up 382 yards to Mac Jones on Thanksgiving. And like we said, he struggled pretty much all year. In fact, they've given up 275-plus passing yards in five of their last six games. The only game that they didn't give up the 275 was a Taylor Heineke, and I don't think he's ever thrown for that many yards uh, in his career. So I actually really like the Jets plus three in this one. I just think this is a bad matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I am a little bit scared off because the Vikings do have a really good home field advantage, but just looking at the matchup, um, I think this game is more even than a lot of people are thinking. So I'm going to grab the field goal here with the Jets and If you feel the same way as I do, I think you might see this line get up to three and a half. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Vikings. So uh, Jets plus three for now, but wait and see if you can't grab that at Jets plus three and a half. That is going to take us on to yet another fantastic matchup. It is the Dolphins taking on the 49ers. The 49ers, a four-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 46 and a half. And this is Kyle Shanahan going up against his protege, Mike McDaniel. Should be a fantastic matchup. These guys know each other. And anytime two coaches know each other, uh, it makes for a better game, in my opinion. This Dolphins passing game should be able to exploit a 49ers secondary. That is the weakness of their defense. But, I mean, that's not saying too much because their front seven is easily the best in football. But the secondary uh, is average at best, I think. So I think you could see Tyree Kill uh, and Jalen Waddle able to exploit this secondary. However, no Teron Armstead for this game. The Dolphins are going to be without their left tackle. So I think this 49ers pass rush could really spell trouble for Tua Tungafailoa in this game. Tua and this Dolphins offense have been flying high. They've scored 30-plus points in four straight games, but they've played four of the worst defenses in the league in those four games. Obviously, that is not what the 49ers are. This 49ers defense might be the best in the league. On the other side of the ball, though, the 49ers offense looked pretty pedestrian against the Saints last week. Um, I think Mike McDaniel should be able to draw up a quick passing game, get the ball to Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, with some one to two second dropbacks, uh, get him get him the ball in space, him and Jalen Waddle, uh, just get a quick passing game going, knowing 
that that 49ers pass rush is going to be all over to it in this game. So I'm actually going to grab the Dolphins plus four here. Like I said, no Teron Armstead scares the bejesus out of me, especially with that 49ers pass rush. But I just think this is more of an even game. So I'm going to grab the four points here. That is going to take us on to the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. Like I said, these matchups, man, oh man, there are so many great games on the schedule this week. And this is another one, a rematch of the AFC title game from last season and a little bit of a Chiefs revenge factor in this game, possibly. Uh, These are the two best passing offenses in the league. And this game is going to mark the return of Jamar Chase. So this Bengals offense should get a little bit of a boost. Now you might sit here and say that Cincinnati is the more desperate team because they are tied for their division lead with the Baltimore Ravens. And The Ravens have a much easier schedule than the Bengals. The Bengals do close out the season against the Baltimore Ravens at home. So they have that going for them, but they have a much tougher schedule. They have this game against the Chiefs. They have another one against the Bills. They play the Browns, who they have matched up poorly against. So you could say that this is more of a must win for the Bengals. But on the other side, the Chiefs are just one game up for the number one seed uh, right now ahead of the Dolphins and the Bills and of course they lose the tiebreaker to the Bills due to their head-to-head loss so the Chiefs cannot afford to drop a game either so I'm not really buying the narrative that Cincinnati is the more desperate team here and you go back to that AFC title game that I referenced the Chiefs were absolutely dominating that game before just completely collapsing in the second half now that wasn't just luck Uh, we've talked about Lou Anarumo often on this podcast. His second half adjustments are so good. This Cincinnati defense really bears down in the second half, but I'm just going to trust Patrick Mahomes to not let that happen again. I think the Chiefs are going to come in here and win this game. So give me the Chiefs minus two and a half. Um, If you like the Chiefs as well, you might want to get on this now before this line hits three. So as of now, uh, like I said, recording this Wednesday morning, Chiefs minus two and a half is going to be my play for this game. And that is going to move us on to another pretty solid matchup. Uh, Maybe not as good as Chiefs Bengals, but still a matchup with playoff implications. And that is the Commanders taking on the Giants. The Giants, a two and a half point underdog at home for this one. The over under sitting at 40 and a half. And these are two teams that are going in opposite directions. The Commanders have won three in a row and six of their last seven. The Giants on the other side are one and three in their last four games. Their only win was against the lowly Houston Texans in a game that they really could have lost. The Texans just handed it to the Giants on a silver platter. And another difference with these teams is the way that their quarterbacks are talked about. Taylor Heineke has gotten nothing but praise. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones just kind of gets shit on the much maligned Daniel Jones. But I really think Daniel Jones is the better quarterback. Obviously, he has more talent. He was drafted higher. So maybe there's just, you know, everyone loves rooting for the underdog. And that's why Taylor Heineke gets all the praise uh, that Daniel Jones doesn't. But coming into this matchup, I just I think Daniel Jones is the better quarterback, and he really owns the Washington Commanders. He's four and one in his career straight up against the Commanders, and the only loss was a Thursday night game from last year where the Commanders were lining up for a game winning field goal. They missed it, 
And I, I think a Giants player jumped off sides and they got to re-kick it. So they easily could have lost that game. Daniel Jones could be sitting here 5-0 and against Washington. But he always has really good games against the Commanders. And the Giants are, I think, going to be the much more desperate team. And they're at home. When you look at the upcoming schedule for these two teams, the schedule makers did not do the Giants any favors. These two teams play uh, twice in the next three weeks. The Giants have to play Washington at home. They have to play Philadelphia next week, and then they have to go on the road against the Commanders. Meanwhile, the Commanders get to play this game against the Giants, have a bye week, and then play the Giants at home. So the Giants really need to win this game because they're going to be at a huge, huge, huge disadvantage uh, in the second matchup. And they definitely cannot lose both of these matchups because this is a team that they're competing with for that last playoff spot in the NFC. So I think the Giants, the more desperate team here, I think they get back on track. Give me the Giants plus two and a half. And this game is also going to kick off our teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. The teaser of the week winning last week yet again, now eight and four on the season. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tennessee Titans, neither one of them won their game. Neither one of them cover the spread, but the magic of the teaser, baby. Both of those teaser legs were winners. Those six points are so valuable. That's why these teaser bets are so much fun. Uh, the teaser of the week, getting back on track. We've now won two in a row, up, like I said, up to eight and four on the season. We're going to start this week's teaser of the week right here, teasing the Giants up to plus eight and a half. I, like I said, I just think the Giants are the more desperate team here. And even if they lose this game, I definitely don't think it's going to be by more than a touchdown. So teasing this game up to plus eight and a half, I think, is really valuable. And I also always talk about these six-point teasers, how those six points are much more valuable in a game where you have a low total. And the total in this game is sitting at just 40. And I already like the under in this game as well. So I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game. So those six points are like gold. First leg of the teaser of the week, teasing the New York Giants up to plus 8.5. And And that will move us on to some of the less exciting matchups that we have lined up for Week 13, starting with the Browns taking on the Texans. The Texans, a seven-point underdog at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 47. And this game marks the return of Deshaun Watson, his first game in almost two years. So you can expect maybe a little bit of rust, however... Um, This is a really good game to come back for the Texans, uh, the worst team in the league and the worst one of the worst run defenses in the league as well. So I think the Browns are going to be able to keep the ball on the ground, kind of make up for what I expect to be a rusty Deshaun Watson. Um, The best friend for a quarterback, obviously, is a good run game. I think the Browns are going to be able to move the ball on the ground. However, on the other side, this Browns run defense is really bad too. Their D tackles are not very good. And it's been a bad stretch for Damian Pierce. I know that because he is on both of my fantasy teams, but I think he gets back on track here with a good matchup against the Browns. So I think the Texans are going to be able to move the ball. And I think the Browns are going to want to show off. Um, They're sitting at four and seven right now. The playoffs are kind of a long shot. So this is their chance to showcase their new toy. 
kind of give people hope for next season. So I think they're going to want to run up the score. And on the other side, I think the Texans are going to be motivated as well because they want to beat their former quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who you know put them through hell last season uh, with his off-field discretions. So I'm actually going to play the over 47 in this one. I think both teams are going to be pretty motivated to put points on the board. Uh, twist my arm, make me pick a side. I will take the Browns minus seven. That is going to take us on to the Broncos taking on the Ravens. The Ravens, an eight and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 38 and a half. And this Broncos offense is absolutely pathetic. Russell Wilson, uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, is a complete disaster. Uh, One or both of them is going to have to go. One of my avid listeners, my brother-in-law Roy, is a Broncos fan. And his excitement when this trade went down versus his disappointment with how this season has gone, like the highs and lows of being a Broncos fan. I just cannot imagine. And I didn't like this trade as much as a lot of people did. I never thought it was going to be this bad. I did not think Russell Wilson would be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. This Denver Broncos defense has played really well for most of the season, but they are just gassed at this point. They're just being asked to do way too much, spending way too much time on the field. And I finally caught up with them last week when they got carved up by Donta Foreman and Sam Darnold. And the only other side, this Ravens team coughed up a big lead against the Jaguars, had a heartbreaking loss to them. So I think they're looking for a bounce back spot here. But there's something to this Ravens team giving up this big lead and all their losses this year. They've had big leads late and blown them. So that's really troubling for me, especially when you're asking me to lay eight and a half points, even if it is against the lowly Denver Broncos. So my play for this game is going to be the take the Ravens minus four in the first half. Uh, I've only made one of these plays on the podcast so far this year, and that one won. So we're one and oh on these first half bets. So uh, looking to go two and oh, my play for this game, as I said, Ravens minus four in the first half alone. I do think this will be a big Lamar Jackson game. Uh, I know he's going to want to wash the taste of that loss from last week out of his mouth and He's going to be on the field a lot because this Broncos offense does not move the ball. That is going to take us on to the Chargers taking on the Raiders. The Raiders, a one and a half point favorite at home in this one. The over under sitting at 50 and a half. And this is kind of the last stand for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, If they want any chance, they're sitting at four and seven, just like the Browns. So the, the odds of it happening are not very good. But if you look at their schedule, it's still possible that they could win out. So this is kind of like their last stand. Let's see if we can save this season, pull it out of the fire. And I think it's a really good matchup for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs has been running wild. Um, His health is kind of in question. But if he is able to go in this one, the Chargers, the worst run defense in the league yet again. It was their Achilles heel last season. It's biting them in the ass yet again, allowing 5.4 yards per carry that is the highest in the league and of course Jacobs 300 scrimmage yards last week so the Chargers defense could be in a lot of trouble Uh, like I said the only thing that scares me off is the health of Josh Jacobs Uh, the Chargers barely beat the reeling Cardinals I am not impressed as I said uh, it just kind of seemed like a desperate move to go for that two-point conversion and everyone's gonna applaud it because it worked but broken clock right twice a day that move finally works out for Brandon Staley. Uh, Good for you. I'm not sold on this team. I like Justin Herbert. I like that he's gotten his weapons back. So I'm definitely going to be on the over 50 and a half. Uh, The Raiders 
passing defense, not very good. The Chargers getting healthy at, at wide receiver and with Justin Herbert have a good passing game and the Raiders move the ball well on the ground. So I'm going to be on the Raiders plus one and a half and the over 50 and a half in this game. And that is going to take us on to the Seahawks taking on the Rams. The Rams a seven and a half point underdog at home. Wow. That is not a sentence I thought I would have said at the beginning of the season. The defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, seven and a half point underdogs at home to the Seattle Seahawks, who are projected to finish last place in the division, projected by people like me to be last place in the NFC. Uh, just goes to show you things happen quickly in the NFL. I never assume anything. This Rams team is done, full stop. Uh, nice Super Bowl. Good for you. No one can take it away from you, but you mortgage your future, and now it's time to pay the piper. This team was so top-heavy. They couldn't afford injuries. Uh, they had three of their best players leave the team, um, either through retirement, uh, free agency, or, or Odell Beckham, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, the injury. He also did leave the team in free agency as well. It's just yet to sign with another team. But they lose three of their top guys, did nothing to replace them, and it's bit them in the ass. And now you have, you know, Matthew Stafford, uh, if he's playing, he, he's going to be hurt. I can't imagine that they play him in this game. You have no Cooper Cup, and your identity is just gone. I think, aside from the Texans, this Rams team is the worst in the league. The Seattle Seahawks coming to town, and their defense took a step back last week, got carved up by the Raiders. Uh, so you could sit here and say, oh, that improvement on the Seahawks defense, it was just because of the teams they played. Well, here comes another bad team. So I think the Seahawks defense is going to be able to shut down the Rams. So I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks minus seven and a half here. I think they blow the Rams out in this one. And this is also going to be the second leg of the teaser of the week, teasing the Seahawks down to minus one and a half. So the teaser of the week for week 13 is going to be the Giants plus eight and a half and the Seahawks minus one and a half. And that is going to take us on to the Jaguars taking on the Lions. The Lions, a one-point underdog at home in this one. The over-under sitting at 51 and a half. And uh, I know those <laughs> those first few matchups were really good. And uh, now we're starting to get to these games. You're like, oh, yeah. Um, there's no reason to watch this game unless you're a huge Jags fan or a huge Lions fan. Um, I wouldn't advise betting on this game. Uh, just for the purposes of the podcast, I know that I've been all over these Lions overs all season, but I think this total is sitting a little bit too high. I think this Jags run defense is pretty good, and I don't think that they're going to be able to recreate the production that they had last week against the Ravens. So my play for this one is going to be the under 51 and a half. Um, I don't feel great about it, but I just can't put my pick on either side of this game just because both of these teams have just been wildly inconsistent. I also don't want to spend too much time talking about this game. This game doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's a battle of two number one picks. Like, like if you're trying to pitch it to, you know, to be like, oh yeah, you know, if you're Fox playing the commercial, you could say that it's a battle of number one picks and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Jaguars with an outside chance at the playoffs, uh, of possibly catching the Titans. I don't see it happening. Both of these teams should be wanting to lose this game to get a better draft pick. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about this one. Finally, we are going to wrap the afternoon games up with the Packers taking on the Bears. The Bears, a four-point underdog at home in this one, the over-under sitting at 43 and a half. And this is just a tough game to bet. I know uh, I 
said the same thing about the last game that I really wasn't comfortable giving out a play in it and it kind of sucks to have that be two games in a row but that's the way I feel here you really don't know what you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers uh, he came out today or, or I should say yesterday as it's three o'clock in the morning now he came out and said that he plans on playing in this game on the other side you're not sure if you're getting Justin Fields or not um, the one thing I do feel comfortable about this game is that I think it will go over the total of 43 and a half I don't think the bookmakers seem to have caught up with how terrible this Bears defense is. I mean, you don't even have to dive into like the analytics and the advanced statistics of it. You could just look at the number of points that they've given up in their last five games, 31 points to the Jets, 27 points to the Falcons, 31 points to the Lions, 35 points to the Dolphins, 49 points to the Dallas Cowboys. This defense is just absolutely pitiful. And on the other side, if Justin Fields is back, you can expect some production from the Chicago Bears offense as well. So I'm going to be on the over 43 and a half for this game. And that is going to do it for the afternoon games. We're going to take a quick break. I say quick break. Uh, We're going to be recording the rest of this tomorrow. And uh, hopefully Josh will be joining us for that. If not, I'll be back solo to give out my picks for the rest of the games. Welcome back. Josh Walker joining me now with both of our teams playing on primetime, Josh. I did not want to let the podcast go by without having you on, man. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you having me, Jeff. I told you I'm here every week. Uh, Try to be a man of my word, buddy. What's going on? How's everything going for you? Uh, Just busy as can be. I'm recording recording this bit on my lunch break. Recorded most of the podcast last night after work. So just a busy, hectic schedule for me. Uh, They're sending me up to Philadelphia next week. So so we'll, we'll see if I even have time. To record a podcast, there's a big convention going on for uh, basically the entire staging industry. And, uh, yeah, my union sent me up there, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, my grandfather, who's been in the industry for 50 years, is traveling with me, so it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, we'll see if I'm able to record a podcast from up there. Yes, sir, man. You know, if you're ready, man, just put the word in, put the text out, and I'm ready, bud. There we go. So uh, week 13 is an absolutely loaded slate. Now, I already gave out my picks, but um, other than our, our games that are coming up, on the primetime matchups. What is your favorite game this week? What's the game you're most looking forward Man, to watching? I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I can't pick. I have four games. Four. Let's start Thursday night. But Bills and the Patriots. Let's, let's, let's get it cracking early. That's a big game for the Patriots, big game for the Bills. We'll find out separation in the AFC East. At 1 o'clock on Sunday, there is a game in the NFC East. Two weeks ago, I thought this game – a month ago, I thought this game wouldn't have mattered. This game matters. We have the Washington Commanders, 7-5, and five, against the 7-4 and four New York Giants. Both teams are in the playoffs. One's a six seed, one's a seven seed. So let's see what these teams do. Uh, and then I'll give you two four o'clock games. Obviously, I think you know what one of them is. AFC Championship rematch. This time is in Cincinnati between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. And my fourth matchup of the week, I'm obviously not picking the Saints and the Buccaneers. Shit, they might not even score no more than 20 points combined. I'm not taking the Colts and the Cowboys. I'll leave that up for you, buddy. I am doing it. Game I'm watching at four o'clock. I'll have two TVs on. I'll have the Chiefs and the Bengals on one, and I will have the San uh, Sam sorry, L.A. Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders on the other one. I know I might sound crazy. I know I might be the last one on the Raiders ship. If you look at the Raiders schedule, and I know you're not supposed to do that, <laughs> but I think they can go on a little run, and I think we can finally see the team that I thought we were going to see at the beginning of the season. That was a huge win for them last week against Seattle. Huge win. Yeah, 
And I'm all, I'm on the Raiders in that game as well. Uh, Josh Jacobs just uh, carving up the Seahawks defense last week. And the Chargers give up over five yards a carry. They're the worst run defense in the league. But the Raiders' pass defense isn't that good, and the Chargers' receivers are getting healthy. So I think the, that's going to be an absolute shootout. So that definitely is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, the game you didn't touch on that is actually my favorite matchup from the early games is the Jets taking on the Vikings just because I cannot wait to see Sauce Gardner against Justin Jefferson. I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup. I actually like the Jets in that game. I think the Jets' defense is similar to the Cowboys in that they have a number one shutdown corner and a really good pass rush. And I think I'm I'm not saying it's going to be four to three, but I think the Jets are a bad matchup for the Vikings. No, I could I could definitely see that. I'm I'm, I'm gonna take Minnesota just slightly because I think they're home and yeah, their I home think, field think, advantage scares me. Yeah, for yeah, sure. their home field and and let me say this: I I will give Mike White credit. Uh, we talked about this throughout the week, but I have to see Mike White play a real team. Yeah, and but the Vikings pass the Vikings pass defense. Uh, it might be better than uh better than the Bears, but it's 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 still not great. No, no, what I mean by a real team is this. So, yeah, they de- every, everyone's defense is going to have their ups and downs, fine. But I want Mike White to go against a quarterback that can score. Last week, bro, I mean, he played against Trevor Simeon and uh, I, I forgot the other guy's name. I, I apologize for forgetting your name. But they're, they're, they're backups for a reason. Yeah. You can say whatever you want about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is having a very good season. I was going to say an MVP season. Well, I ain't going to go that far. But he's having a very, very good season. So this would be – this is a matchup. Because in the playoffs in the AFC, you're going to have to go go against Mahomes. You're going to have to go against Burrow, Lamar Jackson. The worst quarterback in the AFC that might make the playoffs is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill ain't no bum. Now, he's not the greatest guy, but he's no slouch either. So, you're going to have to score points. So, I I, uh, I want to I see if the Jets can do that. If the Jets can do that, then Sam Donald's in trouble. I'm Sam Donald. I'm sorry. Zach Wilson's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in trouble. <laughs> so so uh, uh we're gonna move on to our games now and i know your game is on monday night so it's happening later but i still want to start with it just because it's fresh in my mind and i got some thoughts on both teams uh the buccaneers are home for this one against the saints the over unders three and a half the over under sitting at 40 and of course the saints are brady's nemesis and um Brady might have a new new nemesis, uh, Todd Bowles. I know when we yes. talked on spaces, I was kind of like giving him a little bit of a pass. I was like, oh, maybe Brady could have called that timeout too. But now during during that game, I was more heavily invested in the Commanders and Falcons game. So I didn't notice this when it happened. When I went back and watched tape for this week, that fourth and two where they were on the 37-yard line, their first drive of the fourth quarter, they're up by seven points. You go up two scores on the Browns, the game is over. They cannot come back with Jacoby Brissett. Todd Bowles takes a delay of game penalty and punts the ball. He had a fourth and two at a 37-yard line. you got the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. I thought that was an inexcusable move. I can't believe Brady didn't say, screw that. I'm snapping the ball and picking up this first down. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I have been in support of Todd Bowles. Uh, I have been. I've, 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 uh, I've tried not to be too hard on him, but I'm sorry. He did the dumbest thing he did this week. That wasn't even the worst thing he did this week. The worst thing he did this week was he said, he didn't want to go for it on fourth down because he thought the quarterback was going to throw an interception. And I had to look. I said, bro, who's your quarterback? Is it Kyle Trey? Is it Blaine Gabbard? <laughs> or is it Joshua Walker? Ladies and gentlemen, that's me. No, none of the above. Only thing that me, Blaine Gabbard, and Kyle Trey has got in common is that we both like the NFL. Both of them are white and I'm black. Bro, look here. Let's, 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 let's break this shit down. Ty Bowles, Mason, when you hear this, you're going to love this. I'm looking at Ty Bowles now. You, can't, you cannot go to the press conference with a straight face. Straight face and say, you know what, man, I was worried about the quarterback throwing the interception. Bro, your quarterback is literally the greatest. 
your quarterback is the greatest person to ever do his job. Oh, oh, only person that's better than him is maybe Michael Jordan. So, like, what do you mean you concerned about turning the ball over? Uh, like I said, uh, doing spaces, I, I'm a ride with Tampa Bay. I'm gonna stick with him. But I'm, 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 I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm checked out. I'm done because you can't be stupid and try to win. You just can't be. And you have the greatest quarterback ever. You talking about you don't want to throw an interception. Tom Brady has two interceptions on the whole season. One of them was tipped against your team. Yep. Next time he threw an interception was against the – was it like seven, eight weeks later against like the Rams or something? No, against uh, – The Ravens, the, right? No, 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 no. Against Seattle. They had okay. to, the, the man had to go to another continent to throw an interception. <laughs> tell me that you're well, – you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was going – I don't know if he was going – I don't know if he was going to make the right throw. Ty Bowles, Ty Bowles, bro, you on the high seat. Yeah, he's got to be. Uh, but lucky for you, on the other side, the Saints are just as inept. I've been all over Twitter this week saying that Andy Dalton shouldn't be the starter anymore. It should be Jameis Winston. I've been getting a lot of pushback. Oh, you know, uh, you know, Jameis Winston turns the ball over too much. Now, Josh, you know I'm a stats guy. And yeah. if, if a team turns the ball over three, four times, their percentage of winning the game goes way down. You know what really brings the percentage of your winning down? Not Andy scoring Dalton. any damn points. I, I don't even have to look this up. In the history of the NFL, a team has never won a game not scoring any damn points. You've got to bench Andy Dalton at this point. There's no – I mean, zero points. I, I know the 49ers' defense is good, but they were getting into the red zone, and Andy Dalton, like, they were just too conservative. You've got to take some chances. Jameis Winston has to start for this team. Um, if Andy Dalton's starting a quarterback, I know they haven't come out and named a starter yet, but, uh, like, if you look at ESPN, that's kind of like my cheat code with this. If I want to know which quarterback is starting, I'll look at who who ESPN is projecting to start on, like, their fantasy app. And right now, it's Andy Dalton. So, with Andy Dalton at quarterback, I think the Bucs are going to easily win this game. With Jameis, wow. there's a little bit more variance. I'd still take the Bucs, but I'd be a little bit more afraid of the Saints with Jameis. So, as of now, I'll take the Bucs minus three and a half in the under 40. Yeah, I'm taking – my favorite play in this game is the under. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I'm uh, – uh, constructively obligated to take Tom Brady, no matter what teams he plays for. But I am I, – I said it. I'm, I'm done. Like, I just can't because, like, you just can't be this stupid. And it's like – not to be funny, Jeff, you said this at the beginning of the podcast. You had to go to a conference for your job next week. And, it, like, we have – and I'm not knocking nobody, whether you, you do private detective work, you do staging, you do janitor, you, you, you work at Target, you work at – whatever. We out here working nine to five. I'll ask to, work, to bring home ends meet for our family. Whether you got kids, baby mamas, baby father, whatever. Whatever you got, you try and come home to. And this guy's like, I'm not trying to pick on Ty Bowles, but this guy's like Ty Bowles and the Denver coach. Uh, what's his name? Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett, yeah. You get, you get, Camp you get, Hackett. His, name, his first name should be Kent, or his middle name Camp. should be Kent. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Camp, Camp Hackett. Nathaniel Kent. <laughs> better yet, let's change his name. Nathaniel Kent coach. That's his name. <laughs> Man, look. We out here working hard jobs, getting our hands dirty, feet dirty, whatever. Going through all the BS we got to go through to get the work, get home, whatever. And these guys get millions of dollars to be stupid. Think about that. They're getting paid millions of dollars to be stupid. Yep. Now, Nathaniel Hackett can get fired. He still got a, uh, he still got a, uh, a buyout. They got to give him all his money that he signed. Yeah, he's guaranteed. In, coaches are guaranteed all their money. The same way in college. Texas yep. A&M this year was five and seven. You ain't even hear them sniff about firing Jimbo Fisher. That, yep. dude work, that dude got an $80 million buyout. Yep. Like, come on, man. You can't – Tampa Bay, you can't be this dumb. You can't be this stupid. Ty Bowles, you need to get your stuff together, brother, or you're going to be a defensive coordinator forever. Yeah. He's got to win this game. He's got – like, this This is a must-win game for the Bucs. Uh, it's going to be big trouble if they don't. But we're both on the Bucs for this one. Um, 
We're going to move on now to my Cowboys taking on the Colts. Uh, Dallas is an 11-point favorite at home, the over-under 43-and-a-half. And the Cowboys are reeling, and the Colts are reeling. Uh, Jeff Saturday, that honeymoon period is over. He came crashing back down to earth, making some pretty bad coaching decisions, not calling timeouts uh, during the final drive of that game. He's got a first-time play caller who has, you know, who's probably scared shitless in the middle of a two-minute drill. You know how you can help that guy out is by calling some timeouts. Um, so I think we finally saw uh, the coaching side of things catch up with the Colts. Uh, Jeff Saturday, he might be a nice guy. He might be an energetic dude that injected some life into this team. He's not as good of a coach as Mike Tomlin on the other side, which, as we touched on the podcast, they're going to be at a disadvantage there, and it showed. Um, every part of me wanted me to not be a homer. I've picked the Cowboys almost every week on this podcast. And I was, I went into this like, man, this Colts run defense is pretty good. They can run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. The Cowboys aren't that good on run defense. Maybe I'll take the Colts plus 11. And then I thought about it. Dallas has been sitting at home since Thanksgiving. They played on Thursday. The Colts are come are traveling on a short week playing on a Monday coming to Dallas. And I was like, man, there's no way in hell they're not going to get blown out in this game. So I'm taking my Cowboys minus 11 here, man. Man. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts plus 11. 11 is just too many points, yeah. especially on how uh, the Colts lost on Monday night. Um, I picked the Steelers to win that game. I'm, I'm actually not surprised by that. Yeah, we both uh, did on the, on the last podcast. We were both on the Steelers. And I'm about to do something that you rarely do. You you might hate me for this, but you know Mike McCarthy has a coaching advantage this week. You know Mike McCarthy's actually not a bad coach. He's, a, he's a, I'm not saying he's the greatest coach. He's actually so, not a bad coach. So here's the thing about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy didn't become a better coach. The rest of the coaches in the league just got worse this year. Mm. Well, I mean, that's how you look at it. That's how you look at it. I I I I'm gonna give Mike. I'm gonna give Double M his credit. Not easy being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's true. That's true. I got I got I got Bill Parcells on line one and J- hold on time out. Jimmy Johnson just called me. I got to click over. Let me click yeah. over. So yeah, it's yeah. not easy to be the coach. So yeah, unless you're Jason Garrett. I don't know. He he never seemed like he yeah, was well, director. Now he's got that. He's terrible on Sunday Night Football, by the way. He is. Uh, I actually like Jason. Really? I like I like Jason. Jason's dull, but I like him because like. All right, so look, for me, when I'm watching TV, I like to see fresh faces. By the way, we know you, you know I like Skip Bayless. I know you don't like Skip Bayless. Okay, fine. But my point of saying what I'm saying is I like seeing fresh faces. That's why when Skip – and the reason why I'm bringing up Skip is this. When Skip came out with Shannon, I told people three, four months before the show even came out, I said, bro, this is going to be the new show. Now, regardless if you like Skip, don't like Skip, you watch. Because I don't. You, it, I don't watch well, I'm, well, maybe not. My favorite, dude, my favorite, pardon the interruption, is the only sports show I watch anymore. I love Will Bond and Kornheiser. And Kornheiser, yeah. They have a rapport that nobody else can match. Absolutely. Other than maybe inside the NBA. But I'll give you. Oh, that. yeah, those guys are great, too. So, uh, but, yeah, I'll give you. But these sports shows you watch, not you, but most people watch. So, uh, I, I just like seeing brand new people on TV. I'll tell you somebody who's also a hit on TV. He does uh, Inside the NFL. I love Julian Ellis. Yeah. I love you because he's like you, you get you just get a whole different perspective. Like you got Ray Lewis, you got Brandon Marshall. Okay, cool. And you got Julian Edelman on there who's gonna be cool, calm, collected, play his role, and then do it well. So I just like seeing fresh faces on TV. So I like Jason Garrett on TV. I don't think he should be calling Notre Dame football games. That's another subject for another day. But yeah, that, so like I, I like most of the new faces. Like Richard Sherman's been great. I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick's been great. I'm just not thrilled with Jason Garrett, and that might be because I'm just kind of jaded watching him coach my Cowboys for too long. 
NBC better fire him. NBC better stop playing for Jason. Jason J, for Jason Garrett turned NBC to eight eight. Nate <laughs> uh, Jason, but uh, nah. So I like the new. I like the new faces on TV. As far as getting back to the game, I like the plus eleven. I think that's too many points. The Cowboys are going to win the game, in my opinion. I think the Cowboys are on a mission. Um, I think the Cowboys defense. The uh, coach offensive line is not the greatest. Yeah, they can run block, but they can't pass block for nothing. It's the reason why they benched Matt Ryan in the first place for Sam Ellinger. They wanted somebody that could move. So I think the Cowboys defensive line, obviously Michael Parsons, Tank, Tank Lawrence, uh, Armstrong, uh, Hankins that they got from the Raiders. I think those guys will show up and show out. And I like the Cow- I like the coach plus eleven, but I like the Cowboys to win the game. So we're going to be on opposite sides of that one. I wanted to talk myself into the Colts, but the, the, the rest advantage for the Cowboys just uh, is just too much, I think. Uh, so getting back to Sunday real quick before we sign off, I do have to get back to work here pretty soon. Uh, yes, is, is there an upset you like this week, an underdog that you think can win a game outright? An upset that I like this week. Yes, I will give you two of them. I like the Raiders over the Chargers. And – Got Dolphins underdogs against the 49ers, Titans underdogs. underdogs. I'm going to give you one off the board, and people are going to call me crazy. I like the Texans to beat the Browns. Wow. I could, you know, I could see that a revenge factor against Deshaun Watson. We just and, saw the Seahawks do it to Russell Wilson. I could definitely see that. And let me say this you, you got to have, so when you call an upset like this, you got to have the perfect situation. What happened on Sunday with Cleveland? They won a game that they wasn't supposed to win. Now, I'm yep. not being biased because that's my team. I'm being bi- I'm being objective as an NFL fan. Whenever you force a team to fourth and ten, you should win the game. That's just my opinion. I I, I believe that. Okay, David fine. Njoku usually doesn't make Odell Beckham catches, too. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, uh, great, great catch by David Njoku. This is where the defensive coordinator, a.k.a. the head coach, bro, you're only going to throw the ball to two people, Cooper or Njoku. Double, I, you can double them both. Yeah, all them other dudes ain't going to beat you, but whatever. The uh, Browns won a game that they weren't supposed to. Now, everyone's going to look at this from a Deshaun Watson aspect. He gets to come back. He gets to play against his old team. His old team tried to mess up his life. What about the Texans' standpoint? What about somebody like a Brandon Cooks who went to Houston to play with Deshaun Watson? He didn't go play with Davis Mills. He didn't want to go play with uh, Kyle, Kyle, Allen. Kyle Allen. He didn't want to do that. And also, let me say this. I think the Texans will be ready. They'll be motivated. And if you look at that game last week against Miami, the Texans should have lost by like 30, 40 points. They fought. They're not a good team, but they fight hard every game. This is going to be the best effort that we get from the Texans all season long. And I expect – I like the Texans to beat the Browns, and I like the Raiders to beat the Chargers. I, I like both of those picks. I honestly like a lot of underdogs this week because I'm all the Dolphins and the Titans plus the points as well. I think we could see uh, quite a few underdogs covering this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got Titans, uh, Eagles game. That should be a great game. The dog, I mean, it's a lot of great games at four o'clock. You got Chiefs, Bengals, uh, Miami, uh, 49ers. I- I'm interested in that Chargers Raiders game. I know the Raiders four and seven, but if the Raiders can win that game. They're actually just one game behind the Chargers who was fighting, for- fighting for a playoff spot as well. So, uh, yeah, there's a long lot- jam of teams at four and seven that are basically fighting for their playoff lives. And with the extension of the season, having 17 games now, it used to be seven losses, you were done. Done, yeah. I mean, if you get to nine and eight, ten and seven, you're you there's a shot you can make the play. You got a chance, you got a chance. And not all the teams that's four and seven, uh, I like the Steelers and I like the Raiders. And it just so happened they play each other, I think Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, something like that. 
Yeah. So I think the I think you could throw the Browns in there too if they catch if Deshaun Watson comes back and is the Deshaun Watson of old then I think you well, could, unless they lose well, to the Texans next week and then of course it's a moot point. Only reason why I'm not gonna add them is because I'm not expecting him to be Superman. He did he definitely hasn't played in over a year and a half. So for me, almost, thing, two, almost two years. Almost two years exactly. In January, so January will be two years. So for me to think that he's just gonna come out and be throwing bombs away and bombs away, I just don't see that. Now the Texans are bad. I'll give you that. But I like I said. Uh, um, motivation is the greatest fact in life yep. because, like, you, you don't know where you get motivation from. And, like I said, I just think that the uh, the Texans will be motivated to play. I, I I was on the other side of things. I'm, my, my main play for that game is on the over just because both teams like to run the ball and both teams have bad run defenses. So I think you see some big runs in that game. I think the Browns probably make it easier on Deshaun, run the ball quite a bit. But, man, I, I like your take, especially because you're getting some – I think, like, plus 320 on the money line there. So, yeah, I, plus, I, I plus, like that one. Plus 320 on the money line. You get to see what you can do. I, I just – like I said, I just think that the uh, – I think the Texans have a chance to win the game. I, I, I uh, Let's do it like this. Let's say we had a main ticket and a second ticket. I will put them on my second ticket because my main ticket, I feel like, you know, I want everything to hit. But I definitely will play a ticket with the Texans on the money line because I just think – they're going to play tough. And they're they looking at it from the same way Deshaun looking at it. Like, Deshaun has his feelings about them. They have their feelings about him. Well, if, if they're able to pull that upset, Josh, I will give you the first five minutes of next podcast to say I told you so to everybody. But I do have to get back to work here. So anything else before we sign off? No, nah, Jeff, man, it's always a pleasure to chop it up with you and uh, do the podcast with you, my brother. And I will see you next week, bro. Sounds good, Josh. Good talking to you. Yes, sir, man. You be safe. That is going to do it for the podcast. Thanks again to Josh Walker for joining me and to all of you for listening. And just to quickly recap my picks, I like the over 43 and a half on Thursday night football between the Bills and the Patriots. I like the Steelers minus one against the Falcons, the over 43 and a half in the Packers Bears game, the under 51 and a half in the Jaguars Lions game. The Jets plus three against the Vikings. The Giants plus two and a half against the Commanders. The Titans plus five and a half against the Eagles. The Ravens minus four in the first half against the Broncos. I like the over 47 in the Browns-Texans game. I like the Seahawks minus seven and a half. Uh, News just breaking, by the way. Aaron Donald also out for that game. So the Rams... Complete, now already without Cup, already without Stafford. Now they're without Aaron Donald too. So that's making me like this pick even more. Seahawks plus seven and a half. And that's also going to be the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Giants up to plus eight and a half and the Seahawks down to minus one and a half. We like the Dolphins plus four against the 49ers. The Chiefs minus two and a half against the Bengals. The Raiders plus one and a half against the Chargers. We also like the over 50 and a half in that game. The Bucks minus three and a half against the Saints. And finally, my Dallas Cowboys minus 11 against the Colts. That is going to do it. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you guys next week.